This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. And welcome to I Talk Youth with Ursula. Same time, same place every week from 6 all the way till 7 o'clock on 88.1 VOW FM. Today, I'm so excited to be hanging with two very special people we're really just going to walk us through a journey not everybody knows something about. So different people have different views about an ancestral calling. Some embrace it while others forbid it. It can be a lack of understanding about it or because of somebody's own beliefs. It's a journey of spiritual awakening, but it's often not easy to fulfill an ancestral calling. Many turn to a gobella or a teacher for help, but in the end end up being victims of abuse or misguidance. And so today I'm chatting to Ndogozongema and the lovely Zetu Mkumbuzi to just walk us through their journey of how they got to the place of uh, um, their calling and how they embraced it. And 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 basically, so, so if you're saying, you know, and I'm listening in and I, I actually don't know much about it, I think I'm definitely one of those people who've been quite ignorant of air. I've just been trying to get the terminology correct. So everybody, please forgive me if I, you know, happen to miss the wording. But I believe that uh, Zetu and Ntogos are really just going to walk me through the whole thing. So I think the first thing is um, people experience different ways of finding that they have a calling. What was happening to you that made you realize that you have a calling? And Ntogos, and, and perhaps we'll start with you. Hi, guys. So I think for me, it was dreams. Um, when I was young, but obviously I only started understanding more of it when I finished varsity in 2014. I uh, was struggling to find a job, but when I was young, I used to dream myself in the river, in the sea, with the lions and all of these other um, animals from the jungle. Um, and then obviously, I used to, a lot of the time, I used to see snakes at home. And I didn't understand, and I was the only one who used to see these snakes. And then they would just like be, 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 be playing around. And then I would tell my grand why I'm the only one who's seeing snakes at home. And I didn't understand it. But um, I think for me, they were a bit patient, maybe, um, in a way that I only started after varsity to understand more about traditional healing and that I have a gift. But also, there was also a situation of dreaming of Ushem, for example in one of the scenes and wearing um, like somebody giving me a jersey that is like an, an, a leopard or a cheetah, a leopard, uh, ingwe. I'll call it ingwe because I can't differentiate the two in terms of English. Um, so that's basically how everything happened. Then when I started struggling to find a job, um, then my friend was like, Ipra, maybe you need to um, maybe go and see someone and just check what happens. And then in, I went to see some Gogo, uh, who then at first she was refusing to assist because she said I was in, like, I wasn't, there was something dark within me and stuff like that. Mm. So then they had to ask her to please me, take, him, take me to the sea. And then I happened to go see Nkosunyazi. Um, at the time, I was looking for a job, and then he told me that I must go to my mother's side. They'll tell me what exactly is going on with me. So that's how everything happened. Okay. Um, Mandisa, I believe, has also just joined us on the line. Mandisa Komanisi. So we're really excited to be hanging out with you as well. So what's your story, Zetu? How did you find out that you had this special gift? I think at first, when it hits you, it, it, it doesn't seem like a special gift. It seems more like a burden. 
because of the way in which it changes your life and everything that you believed in. When I was a kid, I used to dream a lot about um, like relatives who would die. For instance, they'd come to me and tell me that the things that they would want, and I was Christian, and I, I grew up to understand that I'm a demon. Like if you dream about dead people, then it's demons. But for some reason, my dad, who is a pastor, sort of allowed that, and he would listen to me when I talked about these things. You know, I would see visions of the future. If I had a dream of someone particularly dying, then that person would die. Um, so it, it, I became that child who at church was called a prophet where I would be able to tell people this is the season, this is what's going to happen. So I normalized it and I, I, I made it like a, I fashioned it to be something I did at church. But I think starting from 2017, 2018, things are going radically wrong in my life. You know, I went to birds, I got my law degree, I was the good child, I never did this, I never did that. But all of a sudden, all of my plans, all of my dreams were starting to sort of, sort of vanish in front of my eyes and I had to understand what was going on. I remember one time I was walking down the street. Mind you, I was married, right? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm currently divorced now. I met um, this someone who just stopped me on the road and, I, and he said, you have the gift and until you, you do something about it, your life is going to keep spiraling down. And I just ran away. I was like, no, no, what is this person talking about? Mm. So when when I couldn't find the answers to what was going going on in my life within my own religion, I sort of switched to Buddhism, you know? I think that's the next big thing when you're spiritual, but you don't want to be Christian. And then through that, and I was going through like their teachings and whatnot, I started having dreams about my some of my dead relatives sort of saying, hey, is it nudging me towards this direction, saying this is what you need to do. I would dream of the stars, I would dream of the moon and the sun and all the planetary alignments because I'm also an astrologer. Through Ubungo Mabam, I also do astrology. So... I would see different animals. I would see, you know, dreams. And, and funny enough, when I, I traced my ancestry and I tried to find out some of the visions that I saw, because mm-hmm. I would see these other two women who had facial tattoos on their faces and never heard their language, but they'd show me visions of this is what's supposed to happen. I actually found out that it's my West African ancestors who are my guides. So I was able to track back my ancestry to West Africa to find that I have people from West Africa who still want me to embrace this calling. I had some who and Guni and Demdao. I think it's a whole different myriad of ancestors. Mm-hmm. So when when I started doing this research, I then had a dream of me going to Mpumalanga to Twasade. Luckily, I had a cousin who lived in, in Mpumalanga, and she, I engaged her a lot. But the, the fightings and the war that happened in my family when I came up, I became open about this way, devastating. By the time I left to Mpumalanga, I was so heartbroken. Mm. Uh, um, I, for, for me, for them, it was us or your calling. And, and they had rejected it entirely. They called me crazy. They said maybe I was psychotic. I was depressed. And so I went to different consultations to find out if it truly it is true. Uguzi, my great-grandfather wants me to become this. And so I went to Mpumalanga and I was at the last year in October and I came back and said, mm. it was not an easy journey, but I, I wouldn't change it. Where does one start though, you know, just out of curiosity, where does one start? If it says to you go to Mpumalanga, who do you go to in Mpumalanga? Your ancestors mm. are the bridge between you and the spiritual world. Mm. So they obviously can see much bigger between space and time more than you do. For instance, they knew that there's a cousin that I hadn't spoken to for five years who lived in Bumalang who was connected to the gobela that they wanted me to go to. And that gobela had, had some kind of connection to Abandubara Kumete, who is my great-grandmother, who is the head of everything that happened to me, even though the person that I actually twasted was not her, but 
her husband. So it, it worked out like that in a sense that when they show you these dreams, there will be some kind of connect okay. where to you it'll seem like magic. But because they can see everything, mm. for them it makes sense on a more logical scale. So, you know, another thing that, you know, misconceptions people have that, you know, when you've got a calling, you scream and you pass out and, you know, there are all these, you know, did you experience any of those, you know, because that movie that we see, <laughs> you know, others, yeah. is that anything that you experienced or no, it was nothing that dramatic and, and some of those things are hypersensationalized or are you saying it actually happens a lot like what you see on uh, TV and movies and things like that? I actually did experience some part of uh, feats, like, I don't know what you call, but where you, you faint or something like that. Mm. I used to have that a lot. And um, so I used to go to, to take medication at the clinic for that. Um, but obviously, I was also discouraged from going into the river because they used to say that uh, they never explained at home why I shouldn't, you know, why I mustn't go into the river. But I used to go to the river. So I used to experience that, and usually some of the people do experience some of those conditions, um, which obviously can be prescribed in a different condition, but traditionally we know what does this mean and how to heal it, you know. Mm. Um, like recently, I just had one person here in Midland who just fainted, and then they were just like, they wanted to take her to hospital, and then she was just like, don't take me to hospital. I, I don't need to be taken. I need you guys to get somebody who is this. I just need to just bring my shoulder and just deal. And then she started talking and waking up and I started, then her people started talking. So it happens that we, we, it's always important to have psychologists who are also traditionally, they understand because it's always a problem when you get to a, you go to a psychologist who's not going to understand the, the traditional part of it because there is a balance of two. So I, I once had that condition and usually people are like that. They get depression and, and other sort of, they, they, they scream a lot and they get diagnosed as, and then they take those medications and those processes, which can work hand in hand, but the truth of the matter is this condition can be held to going through the process if you have to. So like you, you're touching, uh, or rather Zechi's touched on, uh, you know, her family completely rejected her, then being from another religion. You know, um, I'd like to, you know, hear from you. Well, um, me, because I, I was growing up with my, I grew up from my father's side. And obviously the person, there was an aunt who obviously kind of, not even kind of, she didn't like me. And I didn't understand as to why she didn't like me. Mm. And in 2017, I started finding out and then somebody was just like, where is this aunt? And this aunt used to go to shame the church. And you wouldn't ask, this person can do something bad to you. But they told me that, do you understand why that your mother never, because I grew up without a mother. Mm. Um, my mother left me when I was like three, three months old. And I grew up hating her or something like that. Um, and thinking maybe that there was something. But they were like, no, 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 your mother didn't hate you. Hence, when I connected with my mom uh, last year, I had to actually forgive her. She had to explain, like, we can't proceed with the proceedings unless your mom tells you what happened. So my aunt was the person that stole 
she was at hospital and because uh, you know and then they said and my mom said i don't know this woman i'm like mom but she's she was at the hospital and she's like i've never seen her but at the hospital she already knew and already before i was even born she already knew there's there's a child that's gonna be in this condition hence i ended up on my father's side not on my mother's side but interesting to us to us say from when i'm back at my mother's side when Ushembe said you must go to your mother's side they will tell you because on my father's side they did try to do ikobongo for example but three houses three rondavals bent down when they were doing that um and the god died and my granny only told me that when uh, this thing was starting to come out would know this child has something and i'm like why are you guys refusing me to go into my mother's side and so they knew what was what, what, what was gonna happen so Basically, my granny ended up being supportive of it and just was trying to keep me away from my from, from this aunt. And that's basically was it. But I then ended up tossering and I had to accept it myself. So no support because I was still learning to understand my mother's side of the family. Just a quick one, if you can clarify, you're saying so you, your, your mom had to run away from the situation. Something was done for her and my dad to be separated. Okay. Oh, okay, 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 I understand. Obviously, ended up somewhere else, my father marrying someone else and everything like that. Okay, and then just a quick one. So how is she now? Is she happy that you have your calling and that you guys have connected? Or, you know, what's her reception of you now? Uh, she's okay. She, she's she's okay. Uh, obviously, I also had learned to forgive. And she's okay. She's very supportive of, of the of the situation. Because um, I think it was 20, 2015 when she tried to re- to connect because my uncle was able to find more details of me. They were tracing me and then they were able to find. But it took me like three years for me to like mm-hmm. try and mom or something because I already told myself I don't have a mom I don't have a father or something like that so but she's very supportive and I wouldn't lie and the relationship is just that yeah she's very supportive and then this one is for Mandisa. Mandisa, I believe that we have you back on the line. So this question is okay. specifically um, at you and, and it's because I know that you went through severe kind of uh, depression when accepting uh, yes. your calling and, and if you could just walk us through that so how did it work? Um. So uh, like Uzetu said, I uh, just listened for that minor part that I knew that I had a calling from the age of six. Mm. And when I say I knew I had a calling from the age of six, uh, is because I would dream about things that were going, were going to happen the following day. And you would go and tell your parents and say, this is what I dreamt about. Mm. And it would actually happen. And the dreams was, were recurring to a point that... Um, where well, I come from a Christian family as well. Mm. Uh, like born again Christians. I know nothing about Tukshaba. I know nothing about Tukpasa at all. So you tell your parents uh, the things that go on uh, at night. And because I had serious problems with sleeping as well, because it would be very, very, very scary to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Once the light go out, that's action for, for the spiritual world, actually. So I just, I used to tell them what used to happen. And they took me to church several times. I had to be prayed for because I was this child who has demons, you know. Uh, she sees things at night. Please pray for her. And after God prayed for you, you believe that uh, God took away these people who, um, the dead who tell you things and who show you things and who, um, yeah, who tell you things are going to happen in the future. And 
as time went on, it was just a recurring thing. So it comes back, then it it, it, it goes out, and it, go, it comes back, and then it goes out. Mm-hmm. As they as they pray, you know, you tell your brain that okay, no, they prayed for me, I should be fine. But the dreams were still there. It's just that you were believing that God was taking these people away because these people are demons. You are made to believe that these are demons. You are a human being. You're not supposed to connect with the spirit of the dead. Mm-hmm. So that's from the age of six, grade one, grade two, three, four, five, all throughout my primary. I knew that they were these people that I meet at night and they always uh, tell me things and things happen. So when um, the things that you dream about happen in real life, they feel like deja vu. You feel like, "Uh -uh. I feel like I've been in this situation before. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've lived this thing before. And then grade seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, I think they gave me a break at that time because I was occupied with so many, um, so many extramurals. I was in debates, I was in public speaking. So the only thing that scared me was the night because I knew that when I went to sleep, these things would come. So I came up with the strategy because I had so much to do as a, as, a, as a kid, being the oldest at home. I would do my homeworks at night instead of in the afternoon. So midnight would be my time. The lights are on in the dining room. I'm doing my homeworks. I'm listening to radio and everything. And then I passed my metric. Fine. You're still seeing these things. You're still going to church. You're still being given prayers and everything. So the scenario is still the same. First year of university in 2014, I came into like a face-to-face reality with my ancestors because now, mind you, I'm not at home anymore. I don't have the liberty of going to my parents' bedroom and telling them that this is what I saw, this is what's going on. And that's when I really, really had an interaction with with the spiritual world and they took me to this whole different world and I, I, I lived with them and I had, um, I know it sounds crazy outside to say, to say I lived with my abokoko, nabo, nabokulu, but I, I came into this world where every night or where, whenever I dream, I see myself with abokoko, nabokulu and there's this peaceful world. I can't explain it. It's like green pastures. It's uh, clean waters, everything. It's, it's, it's a peaceful world. So whenever things would happen in that dream, I mean, in, in, in that realm, and then you explain it to people and you talk. But now I, 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 don't, I don't understand what's going on at that time, but I know that this is, it's a, it's a peaceful, uh, peaceful space that I am in at that time, and I'm enjoying this peaceful space. I go to church. I went to Rayma Bible Church because now I was not at um, at home. So when I went to Rayma Bible Church, I I still believe that these are demons. But at the same time, it's it's a bittersweet relationship. It's like okay, tap into that world or don't tap into that world. Take it or don't take it. So it was an in and out type of situation, and that is why I got depressed because now I don't know what's going on. This one is showing me things that are in the future, but the people in the real world, like the people in the physical world are telling me that's not supposed to be like, it's not supposed to be like that. It's wrong. And you can't connect with the spirit of the dead. So um, you are demonic. You are being followed by demons and your life is not supposed to be this. So I was, I was connecting to the dead in my individual capacity, but 
outside of um, my individual capacity or my physical capacity, the uh, the spiritual realm, I would go uh, to church and, and act like a normal person mm-hmm. and, and be with my friends on campus and be like, you know what, I need to be like everyone else. So uh, 2014, 15, 16, it's still the same relationship, but now I am so heavily depressed because you tell your parents what's going on. You tell your parents this and that. No, it's this vert thing. It's this school that you're going to. You're too educated. They give you too much information. I told you, you guys are Christians. You know? So you tap into the world, you get out. You tap, you get out. It's it's an in and out. And that's how I got depressed because now I don't know what's going on with me. Okay. You know, one of the things I want to move into is is, there's another lady by the name of Yolanda, who's also Sangoma, who tells the story of how she was raped um, by her gobela teacher. Um, And I just want to know from you guys, you know, do you have any kind of experience uh, maybe we can throw this one to Ndogoza first. Do you have any experience where you were taken advantage of um, or perhaps if maybe uh, taken advantage of or, you know, just thrown under the bus by any one of your teachers or at the initiation school? Is there such a thing as bullying at the initiation school? How does that process work? Because I, I think the story from Yolanda of being raped, I think it gave everybody a fright to say, oh, can do what happens there, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, if you could walk us through your experience at the actual initiation school, um, if you have an experience, a negative one, um, or positive, you know, what's your experience? Yes, I did experience some sort of um, bully. I, I wouldn't call it bully, but it's when somebody who is supposed to help you abuse their power. And um, I think the first time, because when I did, I did it the first time I was doing it with somebody who is, is too near on standards and something like that. And when they were looking at me, they would see a husband for their daughter or something like that, which was something that shouldn't be happening, you know. And it never is like that, you know. You get shown, you get, you get to see things, and that was something that happened. Uh, it also happened, like, with the current Gobella that did everything for me that... Then all of a sudden, the, the daughter, the like her daughter's daughter, was was starting to be something, someone that they were kind of referring to. But obviously, egos has power at the end of the day, you know. But you start to be. What happened last year was I started to, to not eat there. You know, something was just like because uh, I was seeing someone, and then I was like, no, please don't eat. I was just like something was just like bring own food. When I get there, I'll have my own food. I'll have my own things. So at the time when when we, when I started, everything was perfect. I was being given good like food and everything. But as as things started growing to be better, they started seeing potential, and and it shouldn't be like that. And it's so sad to hear stories like Yolanda's situations. Mm. And that I've heard of you don't like is that when somebody is saying that you cannot date somebody you are supposed to teach. Mm. That is never the case. Mm. Uh, Deepening someone you are supposed to be teaching and to be your twasa, it is not that is not the right way. They can never, if they want you to date, they will show you somebody to date. They're never gonna make they know, they know, trust me. And that's where the situation and a lot of fears are coming from. That we've got those people that are abusing the power, and what they do is they they create fear on you so that you get scared. Mm-hmm. Say if you do this, you're not gonna don't do this, you're not gonna and, and then you get scared and you feel obliged that you have to think because this person mm-hmm. is hold, holding some power. 
whereas your people have some power, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of a case where Gobela was told by a, a, a Twasa to say, we are, they said they don't want to go to the river. The Gobela said, no, 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 no. This is the process. And they were like, we don't want to go to the river. And then the Twasa um, actually passed away and they went to the river by the force. And she had said via dreams, because they do communicate, to say, I shouldn't be, because there are those ones that are using the old school of ways of doing things. So do you have any kind of experience from um, school where, you know, something didn't go the way it was supposed to? Um, Dogozo uses the term being taken for a ride. Oh, <laughs> we'll need wine. <laughs> because, because, look, at the end of the day, just to, to give you, like, the overview, the calling in itself, ne? beyond anything else, when you twasa, you there's an, a healing element that happens to your ancestral line, to your family, and then at large to the world. So the reason why why it's hard is because there's karmic debt that you are paying off simply by, by doing the ritual in itself and then proceeding to live within that ritual for the rest of your life. So there will always be obstacles that will not allow you to go through that process because you are healing generational karmas or, or curses that there are some entities that want to remain. So you will encounter, for the most part, difficult situations. I was heavily bullied when I, I was a patron. It was so bad that sometimes I would cry myself to sleep and I lost so much strength and so much faith. And when I came back from Mepechweni, I, I even wanted to stop. I didn't want to continue with this journey. I didn't understand it. I was so heartbroken. Like I would find people who would try to sabotage my journey everywhere I went. It, it became so difficult that I stopped eating. I like I'd go, I'd go three days without eating any food because it was so difficult. And I did go through an experience where Mutanaka Kobela tried to force themselves on me while he was drunk. And I didn't even talk to my Gobela about it because Umdana and I didn't know how to bring that topic up. So I decided to just let oh, it go. Sure. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that every I'm sorry I'm, to maybe walk you through that. And if it's a trigger, you don't have to answer this question. But what was yeah. the, what was the setup, you know? So I was in the kitchen, everybody was outside. I think it was just after the Christmas New Year vibes. Mm. Um, I was in the kitchen making food and he came in and he had come with his friends and they were sort of drinking. And barely he was busy asking me out, and I'd always just kind of mm. keep him at an arm's length because I knew why I was there. Mm. So he came and was like, Yeah, you, you don't take me seriously, man. I just joked and I laughed, and I thought, ah, My laugh is going to move away. Next thing, he's here trying to kiss me by force, trying to touch me, doing all kinds of things. Oh. And I had to fight and push him off. Wow. I was so devastated, but I didn't know how to bring it up to Uko Belawan mm. because. It was Umdanaike, and, and, and I'm not saying that's a favor Umdanaike or not, but I just didn't know how to bring it up. You know, I, I, I'm a previous um, a victim of, of rape. My, how I lost my virginity was through rape. Sure. So there were so many triggers that went on through my head at the time. Mm. It, it, it was, so it, 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 for, to, a, to a certain extent, it can be a very demeaning experience, mm. but largely because egos are involved. Mm. Because when you become a Gobela or when you are in a space where Umdanara Gobela, you you get to heal so many people that it stops becoming a spiritual thing for you, but mm-hmm. it becomes like a good thing. So you no longer start listening to the flow of this, the spirit and the energies that keep tilting you towards directions. Mm-hmm. You start listening to your own mind, and that's where the abuse sort of comes into our space. Yes. You know, that being said, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm liking what you're saying about egos being involved. And, and I think we see it in many religions um, across the board. 
um, you know, even like pastors taking advantage of uh, in the Christian spaces. And so I, I want to know with regards to visiting a Sangoma and the whole concept behind paying for a consultation and whatever, does that not then perpetuate the same kind of, um, you know, and, and feel free, anybody, any one of you can answer, you know, is is there... Is there a reason why you should pay a sangha? I mean, if it's really healing and and helping, um, shouldn't it be free? I don't know. (laughs) Because I haven't gone through initiation. I'm in the process of initiation. And uh, yeah, it's still a lot of conflicts between my parents, whether I'm going or not going. So Mm -hmm. with me personally, I feel like if I see something that I need to tell Zetu, I'm definitely going to go and tell Zetu that this mm. is what I see. Mm. And I'm not expecting anything because I'm sent to tell you that message. Yes, yes. And if I see something, Gundogos or Usia or Ashula, the same thing. So I, I don't know how they, they, they come up with the concept of paying. For me, the paying would be saying, thank you, Mandisa, for showing me that. But it's not like a requirement to say, mm. um, for me to read you, I want this amount. But for me, it, it would be to say, you know, you did this and that. Mm, thank you. Thank you. And whatever that you want to say thank you with. Mm. But yeah, I, I think that's my opinion. I don't know whether I can pull my view contrasting or not, mm-hmm. but there's, we all, you know, maybe we just make a very basic example. Someone once asked me, Zetu, do you believe in love at first sight? Mm. And then I responded to them and I said, whether you believe in something or not doesn't mean it exists or doesn't because things don't exist based on our belief systems. Mm. Things exist because they do. So it's whether you experience something or not. Sure. And within every Sangoma's individual space, we don't know what they experience in order for them to make their practice what their practice is. And one thing might seem like it's not working to me because I'm experiencing it differently, but my conviction of how my ancestors want me to work does not hold anybody else as an accomplice to that. Yes, that yes. is why even how I become Isangom, the other person might not necessarily dream up the same things. I can't make that a principle for everybody else because other people will then fall away because they don't go through the same things. Um, for example, my Kobela, which I admire her and the way she works. My Kobela, when you come and see her, when you don't have money, she will still give you everything you need. But if you come and you have money, she will make you pay, right? It, it, it really, it, for her, it depended on who you were and what you were doing. Personally, since Nguile, I haven't made anybody pay except those that I have taken to my Kobela. Personally, when people ask for candle work or tarot card readings or any form of reading, bone, whatever, I don't make anybody pay yet because Amad Roswam have not put that in. But okay. if at any given point in time they say this one must pay, I will make it pay okay. because that's how it works. You follow the spirit. Okay. But like I said, Eagles coming to play. Yes. And Amad Roswam was saying, make this person pay X amount. When you go and have, are you then charge? And you start making the business and then you start prioritizing the money. Then you stop giving people the truth. You start lying to them to capture them, to make them come into your space. Okay. But if you trust the gift and you trust the calling, Amat Rosaka will take care of them regardless yeah. of the circumstance that you are in. Okay. That's that's my experience on it. Okay. Uh, um, so it's like this is like going into and I think as Mandis was saying, it's different when somebody when I come to you and tell you that you have something. Mm-hmm. That is different. 
You don't have to pay that. That's me being told to tell you something and pass on the message. And some even get sent to different people's homes. That is different. Mm -hmm. But it's more like going into a dentist. You can't say, dentist, please take off my teeth. And then and the dentist just do their job and then you don't pay. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, if you came into my sort of territory, if I can put it like that, because now I practice, for example, for consultation, mm -hmm. you understand? Um, obviously, and even like uh, they sometimes tell you that somebody so and so who's poor and has nothing is coming. You know, you won't have to make that person pay. Okay, and fix your situation first, and then you tell them that okay, uh, because some people have people that maybe there have been there were things that were sent to them in terms of attack, and I get to feel those things. Like I get to feel the pain for your situation, for me to say, okay, something is happening in your heart, something is happening on your back, somebody was trying to stab you, somebody is doing this to you and everything, you've got a headache, all of those conditions and situations, I have, they have to be on me for me to tell you your situation and then you obviously going to have to say, agree or not. So not everyone for me in my consultation, they have to, if you're asking this, it depends, like Zeta is saying, it depends on the questions and the things that people ask and then obviously, no one goes and buy umuti. If you go to the mountain and dig umuti, for me to help you and to give you that concussion, it takes time. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. I'm blessed, you know, because I work for um, I work outside of being a, a sangoma. So I hardly sometimes I can say, you know what? No, don't pay. Um, it's okay. And I I already know your situation. You know, I already have seen your situation. And when I was doing the consultation, I already have, have understood your situation and the condition that you don't have money. And sometimes, like Zach was saying, they can even say, uh, don't make this one pay. And her people, by helping her, they will bless you with something else. They understand. So it depends. It varies. Like they'll tell you if the person has to pay or not, or the person just needs sort of debt fixing that doesn't need money, or the person has. Because there are people who are really poor. So what, what must we do with those ones? They are really, really poor. Yeah. And like myself, the fact that the situation was hidden for me by someone. What was that? I came to my Cobela, like, I only paid this year my the, everything that I had to pay. My Cobela for my graduation paid for the taxi, for the taxi to come from Pizza Maris, paid 4.5 to Mbangeni where I was supposed to do my graduation. Who does that? Then from her own pocket, from her own pocket. So it, it, it reads the situation because she knew I had no one. I didn't know my mom, as I had said, that I recently just met my mom and my mother's family. I'm the only one who's working. I'm the only one who's accepted this thing. So they created all of these things. And hence, I owe her a lot because she's taught us that you have to be human before you become um, business-minded. Don't push money. Look at the situation. Heal a person first. Then, he, they say, then the person can come and say, oh, thanks to you, I've got this. Thanks to you, I've got that. Mm. So that's basically my point, you know. But Obviously, certain things, you make them pay. Sometimes they will tell you whether to make a person pay. But already you can see a person's situation. Mm. Sorry, can I just add on to what Umdogos was saying in that Ukobelwami also did me some papers when I came out of the school, when I graduated, I hadn't paid everything and I'm still paying right now. It was part of post-petrol post, uh, uh, trauma, part of the post-petrol trauma that you undergo is the debt that you are in. Mm. Not only from Ukobelwami, but everybody else here too. Um, ask for Imalian Buzi, Imalian, Imalian. And also just to add, Wuti, when you are a Sangoma and you have a Ndumba, 
right? You have to get certain mooties and medication and, 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 and into your Doomba to help the people. Sorry, and that's also something if you could explain to the listeners what, what's in Doomba. Okay, in Doomba is is that rondeval for the most part, traditionally that rondeval that you have to build for mm. your ancestors, you know, where you practice the work that you do as Isangom. So within that space, you have to get certain meetings, certain things for certain rituals. Like someone will come to you for help and they'll need a chicken or they need this and they'll need that. All of that is also costs that come with being Isangom. Mm. And for the most part, depending on how you and your ancestors work, some ancestors will find a way to fund you getting immunity. Some ancestors will require the people to pay you so you can buy immunity in Malayoma. Sure. Do you see what I mean? Okay. So that there's all these elements and different things that come into play that you consider every time that you, you do this. So someone will say, but why did this one make you pay 300 bucks? Mm. But then you had to go buy mkuku mm. and eggs and this and this so that we can actually do the work to cleanse you. So those all of those dynamics that come into play. Yes. Okay. So we, we do need to round off the interview. Thank you so much. It's been such an insightful conversation and I hope the listeners are also really enjoying it. Um, if you could leave a parting word and, and, you know, especially for somebody who's looking to go consult Kosangoma and, and they're saying, I've heard so many stories of, you know, and they're just taking you for a ride. Um, you know, there's that instance where I'm just looking for consultation, uh, you know, not necessarily that I have a calling or anything, but where do I start? Who do I go to? Who do I know is the right person or not the right person. I remember one, one of the ladies that did my hair told me a story of how she went to someone, but she says, now looking back retrospectively, they were ripping her off and, and they were just trying to con her and she doesn't think that that person really even had a calling. So there's that is, and then there's also somebody who says, I think I have a calling. I'd like to double check. You know, if you are to give a rule of thumb, how does somebody verify? Okay, to finish off, I would say this, and I think this is the most important principle that I had to learn in my journey, mm. is that there are different ancestors and they all work differently within their own um, confines of where they are in whatever spiritual realm they exist in. And what might work for Uzetu might not work for Undoros or it might not work for Mandisa. For me, the most important aspect of all of this is patience. When you are told you have the gift, you don't run and try to find the pair. So you don't listen to people say, go now, go now. You have to wait for your ancestors to show you. And in whatever way they might show you, it might be a gut instinct, it might be a dream, it might be a vision, Whatever, in whatever way your ancestors will communicate with you. So the most important thing is to trust yourself mm-hmm. and trust that you understand that when the ancestors speak to you, they are speaking to you. We often make the mistake of always relying on people for knowledge that we're supposed to have innately. Like nobody can ever externalize or tell you about your gift the way that you can. Mm. So if you can trust yourself and trust the process and wait and and, every, and when you are in a space where you are fearful, understand that you're not going to get what you want. You're mm. going to go to the wrong people. And I think most importantly, last thing that I'm going to say is that because some of are different, there are certain things that you will encounter that not even your governor will understand that mm. might be explained to you later or any other sangoma. Do your research, trust yourself, I call myself a child of the stars because that's how my ancestors usually talk to me. That's why I'm an astrologer also. My ancestors told me that the most important, one of the most important aspects of spiritual alignment is understanding your planetary placements and where you stand and what seasons mean and what they govern because that's what we used to do. That's what they said. So that's also how I heal people and that's how I talk to people. This is something my Kobela never understood. I've ne- I haven't met a lot of Sangomas who actually understand this. Mm. I have met a few. So imagine if I never trusted that. Imagine if I never believed that. 
then I would have lost myself completely. So you are the thing that you're supposed to trust more than anything else. Okay, sure. Yes. And to add on, on, on Zetsu's words, um, you are a spirit living in a body mm. with a mind. Mm. And you have to understand that your ancestors speak to you directly before they even speak to other people. So if you don't trust the next person that you're going to consult at, it's mainly because your ancestors are telling you not to trust those people. Mm -hmm. So like Zetsu is saying, trust your intuition, trust the things that your ancestors are communicating to you because they communicate with you first before directing you to a certain person. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there's one thing that people don't pay attention to, it's, it's instinct. It's everyone, everyone has instinct. And if you see that uh, Mandisa is, is just, she's just a con, you, you can see it and, and, and leave, leave that uh, Ndumba, leave that place. Um, we all have instincts. We all have minds. We are spirits living in a body with minds. So let's, let's come back to that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for me, it's, it's, it's very important to, as the team has said, um, listen to the dreams because they communicate unfortunately because they are no longer here they communicate via dreams they show you things and some some people they share these things on social now it's much more easier to to find some of the explanations um but oh, for example <laughs> there's someone who say ah, okay i dreamt of a, a train and then oh i, I dream of a school but it confuses a lot of, I, I guess it can be a topic for another day where we're interpreting some dreams, you know, uh, where somebody dreams of the school and then somebody's like, no, you have to go to us. And that's not the case, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the level of, of, of life where you are, if you see yourself in primary, that means the life stage where you are in terms of growing, you need to, you are at the lower level of school, mm -hmm. you need to go to high school. I've seen myself at varsity actually coming back to present something and it was showing that you are done now, you know, mm -hmm. um, where you are career-wise, I was going to get a promotion, you understand? Mm. So, it's not many explanations, but then a person, they, I've seen things on Facebook where people are like, school, twasa, which is not true, which is not the case, you know? Mm. So, you must always follow what you obviously see, they guide you, your people guide you, but most importantly, as, as Mandis has said, your instinct, as soon as you just feel like, nah, mm. and, and and I'm saying this because I didn't listen when I went the first time mm. and I continued and then I could I stopped dreaming. I was like that that baba every time I would pay he would ask me to buy a goat or a, a sheep or something to and then he would be like, Ah, why are your people talking to me? But I wasn't seeing anything, there was nothing compared to when I started doing it right and I started following. I process to the right gobella to the right person. So even if you get told that you have abandabadala, you have egos, because having about everybody has abandabadala, but it's what they want to do with you. And uh, that is so important. So listen to that. But also consultation is important. Don't go to one person, go to at least three people. Have prepare questions that you want to ask when you live there. Don't get overwhelmed by what they say. Because mm. people get overwhelmed and then they feel like, because some people they come here, for example, to me, and then they're like, No, you should be the one to teach me. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not true. That that's not what they said. I was just told to tell you this. If that's the case, they will show you. So go back and speak to your people when you go home and ask them because. I think it's that desperation of money. For example, I'm not a full-time, I'm so glad Zetu also works. 
you know, I also work, so I don't con people. So I cannot then be like, I'm charging you this much. And then when I see that, okay, you're supposed to trust her, but knowing very well that you're not supposed yes. to trust me. And then force it to say, you're supposed to trust her on me. And then because I've heard of ridiculous prices here that people are charged 30,000 or something, but make sure that you have questions prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, next, please go to key or more people and then there are people that uh, your girls are going to connect to so that to help you grow and become a better person and then they'll tell you when you're supposed to then go there sure thank you so 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 much I don't want to lie I have so many more questions to ask but our time is up remember I did say that that hour runs by so so quickly so we do need to sign out but thank you so much for joining me each and every one of you. you and we'll be in contact if we try to uh, you know have another episode along these lines especially uh, we'll be checking out, you know, all our social media uh, platforms at FM. If anybody has questions and, and we can look at maybe expanding again on this topic, like I said, my questions are just like, I'm, I'm so ready, but uh, perhaps another time. Thank you so much for joining us on I Talk You. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1. Or streams via www.varfm.co.za.